Welcome to Rise Up in Business, the law podcast for small business owners. I'm your host, Tracy Mylacrane. I'm a business lawyer, an entrepreneur, and very much a realist. Rise Up in Business is designed to share with small business owners important legal information and some clever tips and tricks in short and sharp episodes, no legal jargon. With this podcast, I want to empower small business owners to rise up and take control in their business. I'll be here every Wednesday to tell you what you need to know without sending you to sleep. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of the Rise Up in Business podcast. I'm so grateful that you are joining me again to hear my short and sharp bursts of little tips and tricks in relation to all things legal and all things law and small businesses. I just want to take a moment to say thank you so much to so many of my beautiful listeners who do reach out to me regularly and give me feedback on the episodes and new clients that are coming my way to seek some help and support after listening to some of the episodes. My heart is just so full when I hear feedback like that and when new clients do reach out because it means that I really am fulfilling the purpose and the intention of this podcast, which is to be able to add value. So thank you. Dive into today's episode, what I want to talk about today is the topic of verifying a business that you're dealing with. And I've talked a lot about this recently on my social media and my Instagram stories when people have gotten into difficulty when they realize down the track in a business relationship that they don't really know who it is they're doing business with. And when I say that, you might think, gosh, what on earth are you talking about? But it's vital for a small business owner to know exactly what party you are transacting with. What I mean by that is if you are a small business and you're selling either goods or services to anybody, it is critical that you know the precise details of the person you're doing business with. So if it's an individual, you need to know their name, their physical address, and critically their ABN. Similarly, if it's a company you're doing business with, then again, you need to know the name of the company. Yes, their ABN, their physical address, but you also then need to go a step further and know who the directors are. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. So I don't want this to be complicated. I'm trying really hard in this episode to break this down into really simple terms so it's easy to digest because the last thing I want to do is cause any overwhelm. And so in my attempt to do that, I'm going to start here. The first thing you ought to be doing when you are dealing with a new client in your business is verifying their ABN, unless, of course, you're selling goods or services to an individual consumer, so somebody not carrying on a business, that's different. But if you are a business and you're providing services to other businesses, so think a coach, a creative, a podcast editor, a lawyer, you're providing services to another business. The very first thing you ought to do once you take those initial inquiries or instructions is to verify that business's ABN. Absolute very first thing to do. It's simple. You ask for the ABN and you'll be provided with it. And then you dive on to the government website, either ABN Lookup or the business.gov.au website, and you then enter in the ABN. And you hit enter and it comes up with the details and tells you who the registered proprietor is. If that checks out, fantastic. You are well on your way and you can move on with the rest of your onboarding process, which really must include full name details and a physical address. In this day and age, it is very easy for those of us 
who operate virtually remotely, all of those weird and wonderful things, a little outside the square than what it used to be traditionally, where you'd physically go to somebody's office and obviously then you'd physically, you'd know somebody's physical address. Now you need to ask the question and often that can be somebody's home address and that's okay for you to know that. The physical address is critical because later on down the track, if something goes awry and you need to make contact with this person, a physical address is often the most important method of communication when you're serving notices. Emails can be great, but there can be difficulty legally serving or issuing documents via email. We don't need to get caught up in that for this episode. Point here is name ABN physical address, then you're off to a great start. If, of course, you do the ABN check and it doesn't check out, then you ask the question and you tell the person, sorry, these records don't equate. They might double check their ABN or then they might be able to explain to you what it is that they've given you or how they're trading. Same goes for if the ABN has expired. That happens sometimes. Often the client that you're dealing with can be grateful to you for bringing it to their attention because expired ABNs is very rarely intentional, just an administrative oversight on their part. So they can dive in quickly and update it and then they have a current ABN and you've been given the correct details. Now, if it is the case that you are dealing with a company, not an individual, then you need to also do another step of verification and that is going to the ASIC register and confirming the details of that company. This search will cost you $9. The ABN lookup search won't cost you anything. It's probably, in all seriousness, the best $9 you'll spend because you are minimising risk. Prevention's better than cure. You've heard me say it a thousand times, and that $9 goes to prevention being better than cure. So you go onto the ASIC register, you search the company name, you pay the $9 and get the extract, and that will tell you the registered address of that company and, most importantly, who the directors are. The directors of that company are the only people at face value who are entitled to bind that company to an engagement with you. So they're the only people who are authorised to enter into your service agreement or your coaching agreement or your design agreement or your Facebook ads management agreement or whatever it is that you're offering. You need to make sure that if you're dealing with a company, that the company's legally bound. If it is the case that you do that search and all of a sudden you realise, gosh, the person I'm dealing with is not actually listed as a director, you can then ask the question. And truth is that some of the larger organisations, they often have an authorised officer who take care of these types of things. If it is the case that that person says, yes, Tracy, I'm the authorised officer, the directors have given me authority to enter into this agreement, that means I have to get my client services agreement or my design agreement or whatever it is that I'm issuing, I need to get it signed slightly differently. So when you're entering into your agreement with an individual, it's very simple because that individual will sign the agreement for you. If you're entering into it with a company, then one or more of the directors will sign it for you. If you're in a situation where you're dealing with a larger company and the person you're dealing with says the directors have given me authority, then you need a slightly different signature block for that to be binding. Now, the risk here is if you don't get this right and if you find yourself in a situation later where there is an issue with your client company, for example, if you're trying to recover an outstanding debt, so let's say they didn't pay a couple of your invoices and now you're owed money. If you haven't had your documents signed correctly, then that document's not going to be enforceable against the company, which means you will have no legal basis to seek to recover the money that you're owed. So you see, it is that vital to get these things right at the beginning. Now, I totally accept that if this is new for you, you might be thinking, gosh, this all sounds complicated and a bit overwhelming. 
Trust me, it does not take and it will not take you very long to get your head around this because it actually isn't that complicated. But like most things, the first time you hear it, you can be thinking, oh God, what is she going on about? I'm not going to worry about that. This is the sort of thing that you do want to worry about. And it's just these couple of little steps that you ought to be including into your systems and processes when you onboard a new client, because all it will take is one of these hiccups, which can bring you undone in your business. And that is what we're trying to avoid. This type of thing is something that I concentrate on with many of my clients in one of our one-on-one strategy sessions. And I can assure you, hand on heart, by the time we reach the end of our strategy session, not only does my client have a crystal clear understanding of precisely what it is that they need to do, but we've written out a step-by-step process for them to incorporate into their internal processes and systems when they onboard a new client. So it's worth a little bit of time and money investing at the early stages of your processes to get this right so that later down the track, it doesn't come back to bite you. Okay, so the takeaway here is do the ABN check whenever you're onboarding a new client. Know who you're dealing with if you're dealing with an individual or a company. If you're dealing with a company, know who the directors are so that you know who it is that has authority to bind the company to whatever it is you're offering to do or you're agreeing to do. If it is the case that you're dealing with somebody who is other than a director, so an authorised officer, then make sure you know how it is you need to deal with that person and what information you need to get from that person in order to bind that company and protect you down the track in the event that something's gone wrong. So I hope that that's been helpful and I hope I have shed some light on why it's so important to understand who you're doing business with and to verify the business that you're dealing with. As always, if you've got any questions about any of this, please don't hesitate to reach out. And similarly, if you'd like to offer me some feedback or if there's anything in here that's caused some concern or if there's anything in here that you'd like me to delve a little bit further into or talk a little bit more about in another episode, then of course, I am very happy to do that. Always happy to receive the feedback. Thanks so much for joining me and I'll catch you next time. That's it for today's episode. Short and sharp, just like I promised. If you liked the episode, please be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes and I would be most grateful if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. As always, remember to keep your business legals in order with my annual legal checklist. You can grab your free copy by heading over to my website tmsolicitor.com.au forward slash checklist. I'll catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening.